arguably the single biggest news story these last several months is ChatGBT, OpenAI, and the broader topic of artificial intelligence. Once it was announced that Microsoft first made a $1 billion investment in Sam Altman's OpenAI startup, followed by a $10 billion investment, Microsoft entered the spotlight and saw its valuations rise. Satya Nadella, Microsoft CEO, has made subsequent announcements, both regarding the integration to Bing and first-party applications. And what each of us want to know is what does that mean to our market and to us as partners? My next guest on Ultimate Guide to Partnering is here to help answer these questions. This is the Ultimate Guide to Partnering, the top partnership podcast. In this podcast, Vince Minzione, a proven partner sales executive, shares his mission to help leaders like you achieve your greatest results through successful partnering. And now your host, Vince Minzione. Welcome to, or welcome back to the Ultimate Guide to Partnering. I'm Vince Menzione, your host, and today I welcome Deb Oberly. Is Microsoft's America's Sales Director for Artificial Intelligence and leads a team of black belts. These are highly trained specialists that focus on working with customers and partners to integrate emerging technologies like ChatGPT. For this special 175th episode of Ultimate Guide to Partnering, I'm excited to launch this discussion to help us demystify Microsoft's plans. We often talk about agility as being a key principle to successful partnering. And at this time, conversations like this one can help each of us stay better informed and help us make the right choices for successful business outcomes. I hope you enjoy and learn from this discussion as much as I enjoyed welcoming Deb Oberly. I'm so excited to welcome Athletic Greens as the latest sponsor to Ultimate Guide to Partnering. Friends who know me well know I've made taking a green drink supplement part of my health ritual for over 20 years now. About five years ago, I added Athletic Greens, and now their product AG1 has become my go-to green drink supplement. AG1 is packed with 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens. If you'd like to give AG1 a try, Athletic Greens is giving away a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five travel packs with every new purchase. Check them out at athleticgreens.com forward slash Vince M. Deb, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Vince. I'm excited to be here. I am so excited to welcome you as a guest on Ultimate Guide to Partnering. You are Microsoft's America's Sales Director for Artificial Intelligence, AI, and lead a team of black belts responsible for Microsoft's exciting new set of capabilities with ChatGPT. Probably the most discussed topic in tech these last several months, maybe even in the business world. So I'm super excited to have you here today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So... We've known each other since my days at Microsoft, right? The Malvern office and bumped into each other many times over the years. But for our listeners that don't know Deb Oberly, can you tell us a little bit more about you, your role, what is a black belt team, and your mission at Microsoft? So I have been at Microsoft almost 13 years, 13 years in April. I started out my career here with partners for 
four or five years and went into IoT. And then now I'm in AI. The Global Black Belt team, it's called, is a team of subject matter experts, deep technical subject matter experts that really help solution and bring business value to the customer using our technology. So I run the Americas team for artificial intelligence and machine learning in the Global Black Belt team. And like you said, something new has come in the market that has everybody buzzing. Everybody, like even in the, in the supermarkets, it's just crazy. Um, I'm excited to talk to you and the audience about it and just really kind of dive in on how we can, we can help each other. So Everywhere you go, everyone is talking about chat GPT, right? Even people that are not technology people, not business people, it has gotten such mainstream adoption right now, right? I feel like Microsoft has displaced all the oxygen in the room and there was a lot of noise going on about other things, right? Like Elon Musk and Twitter and Meta and all these other subjects. But this has become front page. And from the time it was revealed, especially when it was revealed that Microsoft made significant investments in OpenAI and Sam Altman's company, can you tell us when you and the team were first made aware and introduced to this technology? To start the whole discussion. I've never seen excitement like this. And I've been here 13 years. I've been in technology before as well. I've never seen excitement like this. Like people are buzzing about it. C-level executives all of a sudden want to talk to us when they maybe didn't want to talk to us before and they were with a competitor. So the excitement is there, right? And it's all about the generative AI piece of it. Chat GPT is what everybody's hearing. And I think like even my aunt wants to have a debrief on chat GPT with me. Like I could do that with everybody in my life. But what's really the buzz, and like you and I were talking earlier about how you played with chat GPT, it's mind-blowing, right? The generative AI piece of it, to generate code, to generate images is mind-blowing. The partnership that we created with OpenAI is brilliant, okay? Satya Nadella, our president or CEO, he saw potential here in this technology earlier than most companies. And because Microsoft partnered with one of the leading research companies in this space, that's a, it's a good marriage. It's like a mutually beneficial partnership. So why did OpenAI want to work with us? We were providing this supercomputer to be able to handle these large transformational AI models, right? At scale, it's not easy to do. We actually had to build something bigger and better for them. And they use that technology to continue to develop and train the models. We provide the supercomputer and then we host and monetize their tech where our partnership really makes a bigger bang than our competitors is not only are we taking their tech and hosting it, but then we're doing this end-to-end solutioning to benefit and benefit customers and, and bring this enterprise-grade flavor of OpenAI into our customers' hands, right? Because you have to think about responsible AI, security, compliance, governance, all that kind of stuff. The public chat GPT that you play with, you can't just necessarily bring that in without those kind of guardrails, right, in in the enterprise. So that's the why. But the when was we, our first investment started in 2019. Yeah. And so that's a longer term journey that we've had with OpenAI. And so it makes sense that we're leading over our competition. It really is about a partnership and we're working really well and continue to work well together. You asked me about my team's awareness of the tech. We've been aware of this type of technology for years, right? Several years. So transformer models, which are the core technologies, these have been around since 2017. Microsoft had 
Azure OpenAI services available in preview, private preview, for more than a year. These transformer models are not new. ChatGPT is an evolution of these models that's been fine-tuned for question and answering. The natural language processing field that's evolved enormously over the last couple of years, and my team's been along for that ride and, and, and journey from the beginning. So, Many organizations are learning to do more with less. And as you think about how you're going to reach your revenue targets this year, I recommend you check out PartnerTap, a founding sponsor of Ultimate Guide to Partnering. PartnerTap's pipeline discovery and co-selling platform will help your channel and sales teams to hit their revenue targets faster, even with fewer resources. PartnerTap gives your teams the new automation and partner data you need to source more pipeline and close deals faster with your best partners. You can find out more information at partnertap.com. So you said several things here, and I want to I want to back up a little bit, right? So first, a couple of things that observations from me and your 13 years at Microsoft, this transformation of Microsoft, right? This mindset transformation, like the old days of Microsoft, that conversation with OpenAI would never have happened, like partnering in that way. That's a Satya Nadella thing. Do you agree? And then this different tone of Microsoft, as we said, but also it said quite a bit about better technology and building the supercomputer model to support it. You also mentioned transformer models. I don't know what those are. Can you explain that to our listeners? Yeah. So transformer models are based from an encoder and decoder type of architecture, and it uses self-attention. It's called self-attention to contextualize the meaning of words. Like I said, it's a part of this like natural language processing, and these models are getting bigger and more advanced, and that's how we're, the evolution is occurring in this space. So when I asked ChatGPT the other day, write me a headline for this podcast, it was in self-attention mode. Is that what I hear? And so we had this conversation a little bit earlier before we started, but I rat-holed for a couple or rabbit-holed for a couple hours there. We were having this whole conversation. Never heard that happening. Never heard that happening. (laughs) It was fascinating to me. And we were having like a little bit of a debate, like a spirited debate about how I should write this. I used an AI model that like analyzes my headlines and it's saying, no, you shouldn't just rely on that. You really should make it more readable to the listener. (laughs) Okay. I guess I'm going to take your advice this time. Right. And you're talking to a computer. Unbelievable. I know. And now you know why it's the buzz, right? What's really cool is it's tangible, right? So you use it, you go on and you use it and you go, wow, I can see so many applications of this technology and how it can help. So amazing. It was very interesting because the chat GPT conversation started first and there was a lot of buzz. And then all of a sudden, people became aware. I'm not sure what happened if Microsoft made an announcement or people became aware of the fact that Microsoft was hosting this and had made a billion dollar investment. But then Satya made the other announcements, the additional investment of $10 billion, the discussion of integration to Bing, and the implication of other first-party applications. So what do you expect to see next? Like, how do you see ChatGPT and OpenAI playing a bigger role in Microsoft's future? Uh, that's a great question. I'll talk about what we're doing now. So Bing is obviously our search engine, right? And we announced that the integration of this technology in Bing, we announced the secret sauce there. That's a, something called a Prometheus model, which is a propriet- proprietary technology that Microsoft uses 
Bing plus GPT to generate responses in real-time data, on real-time data. So like right now, what you're seeing in ChatGPT is there's a certain point in 2021-ish that we're ended what it can work with as far as data. Real-time is the key to this, real-time data. And that's why, I don't know if you've tried Bing. I'm already using it. The new Bing, it's so much better. I am on the wait list, so I'm excited. One day, it's just going to magically come up and you'll be like, oh, hey, yeah, I'd like to chat with you, Bing. And (laughs) it just makes your life so much easier. So now we're innovating and trailblazing on search. GitHub, we own, we they're part of our company, right? We've got Copilot. And that's like, you have this AI pair programmer that works with next beside you, hence the name Copilot, right? And it works with all the popular programming languages. And so when we did a study on this, it's 55% productivity boost. So it's really helping you write code. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. And if you think about what you're doing, like when you go to type a text and it starts to tell you, oh, I think this is maybe the next word that you might want to type. Same thing in code with Codex. It's amazing. It's really cool. Yeah. And then the other two that we have now integrated, Viva Sales, that we're combining data from Office and CRM and layering on GPT-3 technology and helping sellers with intelligent contextual responses, generating content for them, marrying the three of those, right? Teams, this is my favorite. I don't know. It might be a tie with Bing. Teams were providing intelligent recap, live translation. You could get recaps of the meeting, and then you can actually kind of generate content against that. And it really helps with follow-up, summarization, that kind of stuff. It's really powerful. We will see more integration. I can't really talk about what we're going to do next from a first-party perspective. But as you think about it, there's a lot of different ways in which we can integrate generative AI. You know, it seems prescient now. We just had Monique Hayward on the podcast just a few weeks ago, and she's in the business applications marketing organization, and they moved her business underneath Jared Spataro, who leads modern work within Microsoft. And it says what you're saying right here about business applications, modern work coming together, right? Layering in chat GPT or open AI across all those things. I want to summarize though, you talked about the Prometheus model, and that means because chat GPT was schooled up until some point in time in 2021. Correct. Yes. Now it's getting new information, right? Real time on everything. So Bing is feeding it. Is that the way I hear it? Bing is feeding it. So if I type in Deb Oberly, it's going to tell me the most recent thing about Deb Oberly, and it's going to layer that into the conversation, right? Yep. And again, that was just announced today. So we'll get more depth of that, depth and details, but yeah, it's pretty incredible. So your team is responsible for customers. And some of those customers are also partners that embed Microsoft technologies into their offerings, I think independent software vendors. What areas are you starting to see the most demand? You mentioned these CEOs all wanting to have a conversation today. Oh gosh, there's so many, which is incredibly fun. It's incredibly fun to ideate with customers about what they want to do. I was in a session with a customer we got the highest folks in, across all these business units. And to see them virtually whiteboard, you know, how you use some of those tools with the post-its and stuff. It was like off of, the pay, uh, off of my screen, the a number of ways in which they were thinking, not necessarily always prescriptive to their industry, but like writing job descriptions for HR, writing 
new hire announcements, follow-ups after interviews, that's this kind of things, or proposal writing. And when this one customer was like, 80% of our time is writing proposals that we don't even think our customers read. And this could really help us find you know, be a little bit more efficient and then use that time savings in another way. But what the use cases are vast, like I said. The areas of demand that we're seeing primarily is this knowledge chatbot, this more complex, the conversational AI has been around, but this generative AI is really taking it up a notch. Like you saw when you worked with ChatGPT, semantic search, intelligent document processing, abstractive summarization. These are general areas that we're seeing. But I'll tell you, the majority of the customers that we talk to, they really want to have a chat GPT type of experience with their own data. So a lot of internal, uh, of course, external as well. <clears throat> when you have that conversational chatbot or a conversational AI solution externally, they want to, the customers want to make it more human, like your experience with chat GPT and others, right? You start having a conversation rather than how do I do X from an FAQ that they had uploaded and you're just doing a question and answer. This, it really helps you conversationally take it up a notch and make it more human. And when you talk about their own data, publicly facing data, behind the firewall, what are they thinking there? It could be both. A lot of times what sometimes customers want to use internal data, sometimes they want to add external data, sometimes they want to do internal data and add like manuals or compliance type of documents to, to marry the two. It really depends on the use case. It's really an, it's a knowledge worker enhancement, right? To get them more productive and efficient and help them find what they need faster and then also generate content faster. The other thing I'm seeing with customers is, and this is more like partners at Embed Microsoft Tech, Tech and their offerings, is really taking existing apps and innovating and modernizing, injecting this generative AI capability into them. But the other part of your question that I'm, I want to, not necessarily tangent, but add in, is if you're a partner and your traditional more like systems integrator, et cetera, that I've worked with before, an existing practice and adding to your existing practice, this kind of capability and skill set. We've seen partners that have created centers of excellence within their organization that are specifically for Azure OpenAI. And also we've seen partners create certain assets, solution accelerators, et cetera, and demos to really provide a solution quickly to customers. Those are two things that you can do right away that customers really need to seek the art of the possible. So hopefully that's helpful to the partners as well. I'm glad you brought that up. So what recommendations would you have for our partners listening today on what they should do next? Yeah, this is a great question. So I talked earlier about how excited everybody is about this. And I'm going to reiterate that C-level, like we have engagements with customers where the CEO is, he or she is saying, I want to know where you are with this. How quickly can we get this done? How quickly can we modernize this? How quickly can we do that? It's beautiful. So we have a great opportunity. So as a partner, there's a couple of things that we need from a Microsoft perspective. We always need our partner community to scale. We can't scale with just us. So we need resources. We need subject matter experts. So the sooner you skill up your folks and let us know that you've done that, we can't wait to turn to you because my team is a team of 12 experts, right? 
Yeah. And that's for the Americas. Doesn't mean that we're not scaling up internal folks, but we need to scale through partner. And then once you're there, and even before that, okay, so I'm going to back up. A, there's learning the technology, but B, a lot of this is a business conversation, right? We need qualification because a lot of customers are really interested in this. And then we realize that they're just tire kicking. So the standard like sales 101, you have to make sure there's sponsorship, budget, timeline, business value statement, all that kind of stuff. You can educate and then qualify and make sure it's actually a fit for OpenAI, right? It could be other COG services. And honestly, it's never standalone. It's all kind of creating this architecture and solution that it's not just ChatGPT. It's not just DALI. It's not just Codex. There's a whole architecture around this, and that's where we need your expertise as partners. Customer offers is what we need. We need use case ideation workshops. You can use pie funding. You can, you know, as a service for an hour for for free for your customers. We need repeatable package solutions using the tech stack. Those are the kind of things that we need right now to tap into the momentum. And I would say a call to action, I would net it up or net it out, is learn it. Everybody right now, except for my team and the other global black belt teams that have been exposed to this for a couple of years, everybody is a student learning OpenAI. Everybody is. So we shouldn't have imposter syndrome. We're all learning it, right? Second, use it. Start working with it. Get your hands on it. Experiment with it. Try out use, different use cases. Third thing, skill your staff and build your practice. Inject it in an existing practice. Talk to your customers. Talk to all of them. They want to talk to you about it and attend the training. We have training coming up and I'll give you the links. There's an MS Learn module. There'll be more hands-on workshops and you know, hackathons, et cetera. We will be providing a lot more training for partners and technical professionals to upskill on the technology. I want to repeat what you said here. Learn it. We're all doing that right now, right? Use it. First example, skill your staff, inject or build a practice, talk to your customers, and then attend the training. And you're going to provide some links for the training for us. Fabulous advice. So this is the ultimate guide to partnering with about 13 years now at Microsoft. Can you believe it's 13 years? No, don't make me do the math. What do you believe makes a great partner? So I told you in the beginning that I started my career at Microsoft working with partners. And I actually worked for two boutique firms here in the Philadelphia area in the beginning of my career. And so I get both sides, right? I sat in the chair as a partner. I sit in the chair at Microsoft. What I think makes a great partner is a partner that approaches the Microsoft relationship as mutually beneficial and a give and take, right? We need partners to be proactive and an extension of our sales team. And the best partners are the ones that are like one step ahead of, of us in our field and bringing customer insights and marrying those with service offerings. You know, an example, this whole chat GPT comes out, open AI comes out. It's crazy. I meet with one partner and they say, oh yeah, we're already doing, uh, we already have four engagements with open AI and here's what we're seeing. And this is what we're thinking. And this is the offering. Yeah. And I was like, this is goal. This is actually what we need. And there's so much demand here, Vince. I'm not kidding. There's so much demand that we need to turn to the partners much earlier and say, okay, guy, we got a live one. Here you go. Because we can't handle the influx. So yeah, it's a great opportunity. And I think this mutual benefit is key. A lot of times partners are like, oh, Microsoft, opening eyes is great. Can you give me a leads? It's a two-way street. I used to always say that to partners. I'm like, listen, the 
the way you win the hearts and minds of the Microsoft field sellers is you bring them a lead they didn't have. From that point on, you're going to be happily ever after. <laughs> so you have to think that way too. And it's hard because you think, oh, you got all these leads and I'm sitting here on your podcast saying we've got so many customers. Now I'm asking you just skill up and then and we can go happily ever after. Well, multiply and go after the market together, right? And I find this all the time with partners. They expect Microsoft to become their sales team. They expect Microsoft's going to buy their company. I can't tell you how many of these conversations I have. Rather than pivot it the other way, learn the technology, enable the technology and take it to market and become a leader in the technology as a partner. That's when we notice because there's a, that's a huge ecosystem. We love our partner ecosystem. It's how do you differentiate? I love what you have to say. And I know you manage, like when I, we first met, you were on the national SI team leading a group of partners. And so I know you know that market and that type of partner intimately. But I'd love to pivot here, Deb. As you might know, I'm interested in the career journey. And we have a lot of listeners that are earlier in career professionals. And they want to learn, like, how did you get to this spot in your career? Was there a pivot? Was there a spark that set you off on this path? And I know that you didn't, in fact, spend all of your career in tech. So maybe there's an interesting point there. My story, if I would net out my story, it's all who you know. So I was a liberal arts major and poli-sci French double major, no computer science background. Liberal arts. Interesting. Yeah. What did you want to do when you got out? Moved to France and be an ambassador at age 24. So it didn't really work out. And sip French wine and eat amazing baguettes. And yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I kind of fell into tech, right? I fell into tech a year after college and worked for a small boutique firm. And that was a Microsoft partner. And the rest is kind of history. I, I worked for a number of years in a couple of companies there, was in e-learning, took seven years off to do residential real estate of all things when I had my second child and met someone that was relocating to be a GM here in Malvern and Microsoft. And he recruited me for a job and I got the job. That's fascinating. Yeah. So it's all who you know, Vince. And one of the things that I wanted to say, which goes circles back to something I said earlier, imposter syndrome is real, but I just recently learned about myself that we should all just give it up. I was on a panel for AI for Temple University here in Philly. Uh, my daughter's alma mater. Yeah. And so there were a bunch of folks that are AI engineers and much more technical than me. And one guy got on, spoke up and said, I have imposter syndrome. And the reason I do is because these technologies are so advanced, et cetera. And he said, and then I realized that I couldn't have studied these technologies when I was in college because these technologies didn't exist. And so the spark and pivot is I got lucky about who I met. I've always loved Microsoft. I have such a respect for the company. So as soon as I met this guy, we hit it off. And then the next thing I know, I've got an opportunity when I would not have to interview and I won my way in through the interview. And from that point on, it was up to me. So being a constant learner and shaking off imposter syndrome has helped me navigate 13 years here and navigate towards some pretty trailblazing technologies like IoT, Internet of Things, and AI and ML. And I continue to be excited and challenged every day. So is there something you do to shake off the imposter syndrome? Is there any ritual or practice or learnings there? <laughs> yeah. Hey, you, got, you reach out to the smarter people around you. 
My team is so darn smart and talented. I call them the AI globetrotters because they each have a different skill and trick. This is probably not the right word, but if you remember the globetrotters, one's one's spinning the ball on the finger, the other one's doing this dunk that you didn't think was physically possible, and you're delighting the audience. My team delights the customers with their depth of knowledge. And so surround yourself with really smart people and learn from them. And they will take the time to net it out for you. And I try to be a, a learner every day. And then I also say to myself, you probably know more than most in the room, as long as you've done some homework. And if you don't know the answer, then go find it. So that's how I get over it. But it's exciting to be challenged every day. So it's not necessarily a negative thing. I love what you have to say here. So this is a fun question for me. And I'd love to ask this one of you. So you were hosting a dinner party. And you can invite any three guests from the present or the past to this amazing dinner party. And we can talk about where you're hosting this later, but who would you invite and why? Okay, this is such a good question. And I probably would have a different answer each day because there's so many people. My initial reaction to you are these three people. Oprah Winfrey. Okay, I'm a huge fan. I think she's one of the most inspirational women of my time on this earth and what she's gone through when she was younger to what she's built and how she gives back to individuals and particularly young women is just mind-blowing. So huge fan. Second person would be Satya Nadella because I am I'm a fangirl of his. I just can't. He's just so inspiring. I love I've been here 13 years and he wasn't CEO the whole time, but I remember sitting at one of our internal big events, MGX or something, and I was front row and he was talking and I felt like in church, he was so good. Talked about his son and the accessibility passion he has. And I was almost in tears. I think I did cry. So I just, I'm such a fan of his. I love his, him instilling in us the growth mindset. I love his focus on diversity and inclusion and treating everybody with equal rights. He's just so inspiring and seems like a, an amazing man. I've never met him, but hope to someday at this great dinner party. The third one would be Martin Luther King Jr. His unwavering dedication to the value of a human being and equality, you know, it sacrificed himself for it. I think I'd have to have like maybe sp- not speed dating, but like I might have to have each one-on-one time and then a dinner party because this is so exciting. But and I think I would have it in Napa Valley. Napa Valley. Yeah. I thought maybe you were going to say France, not France. Outside with the wine and the vineyards in the background. You know what I'm saying? Sounds fabulous. I have to come by and spend some time because these are three people that are on my list. Like you said, it could be any three, any one day, but Satya and Martin Luther King, absolutely. The I Have a Dream speech is just still brings, every time I listen or watch it, brings tears to my eyes. Satya, for all the work he's done, hit refreshes on my bookshelf right behind me here. And uh, Oprah, just what an amazing story. Yeah. You can come. I'll invite you to. Okay. I'll bring some wine. How's that? (laughs) (laughs) So Deb, we have had some headwinds these last several months in the tech sector in particular and the economy also. What would you say to our listeners now to help them optimize for success as we continue through 2023? I would say continue to have a growth mindset around this. Know that generative AI is, is the future and we are just getting started. Remember that everyone is a constant learner in tech. Learn about it, read about it, be a student of tech and stay curious and creative. That last word is really important, creative. 
I'm seeing it with my customers, with my team, with everybody that I interact with around this technology. If you think about how it can help you, one of those things where you could write whiteboard and be like, okay, I just wrote like 15 different things and I got to figure out where I'm going to start first. So creativity, curiosity, and learning, I would say just optimize that will optimize your success from 2023 and beyond. Yeah. And I just love this right around mindset, learning, staying curious and creative is an interesting one. So Deb, I want to thank you. You first of all are an amazing human being. We got to work together at Microsoft. You were always just such an I would say a kind, smart, and collaborative individual. And I wanted to thank you for making your time available to our listeners today. Well, I want to thank you for asking because I think this is a great platform to reach so many wonderful partners and folks in your community. And it's such an exciting time, like I said. We are ready, willing, and able to partner with you and our customers to bring this technology to life in valuable ways for everybody. Such an exciting time. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm really glad to, to, to be here and let's all sell some uh, open AI together. Sounds good to me. Thank you, Deb. Thank you. So there you have it. Another amazing guest joins Ultimate Guide to Partnering. And I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. Odds are, if you're a technology partner executive and hearing my voice, chances are you too are looking to accelerate your success through partnerships. I mean, let's face it, we all have seen partnerships that look good on paper, but never live up to their expected results. There are a lot of reasons why partnerships fail. And at Ultimate Partnerships, we help you get it right by applying a proven set of best practices and framework that's used by leading partners working with Microsoft and other technology giants. If you want to learn more, follow the link in the show notes or visit our website at ultimateguidetopartnering.com. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Ultimate Guide to Partnering with your host, Vince Minzione, online at ultimateguidetopartnering.com and facebook.com slash ultimateguidetopartnering. We'll catch you next time on The Ultimate Guide to Partnering.